to Minding My Business. This is a platform created for women who are wanting to elevate their business, their mindset, and their life. If you want to catch these episodes live, tune in every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern on Instagram at Tanya C. Oliver, where each week I'll be interviewing a powerhouse guest. Welcome to Minding My Business. We're here to elevate your business, your mindset, and your life. we got this powerhouse guest on here today, Katie Kay. I'm just going to do a quick intro from what I pulled on your bio, and if yeah. there's anything I missed, go ahead and add. She's a serial entrepreneur, investor, coach. She's built and sold 12 companies, running six in the <laughs> background, and managing partner of FTS Capital. I'm a crazy a busy woman, that's for sure. You're very, very elevated with your business, your mindset, and your life. That's for sure. But thank you so much, Pharrell, for um, for coming on Minding My Business. There was a lot that I admired about you when I, when I met you. I think it was, like, last month. And, you know, I was like, once you said you played ice hockey, I was There's like, always oh, something yeah. you have to bond over. <laughs> she is a powerhouse. I said there's always something that you have what? to bond over. And hockey and women, it's a whole different bond. Yeah, it's very, it's very rare, but what got you into, I mean, I want to, there's, there's so many questions I have, but with all of this that you have, like, what got you into the line of work that you do today with like building companies, selling companies, and also like wanting to really help people do like win? Cause, cause I can tell that's one of your biggest things. You yeah. really want people yeah, to win. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I always say I'm an accidental entrepreneur. So first and foremost, did not want to be an entrepreneur at all. Um, I grew up in a household of entrepreneurs. And so I was always, you know, mom and dad were gone or dad was gone and then mom was gone. And you always want what you don't have. Don't care what age you are. You always want what you don't have. So for me, I'm like, oh, I want like mom and dad to be there, cook me dinner and take me to soccer practice. And it sounds very harsh. Me and my family have worked this issue out. But, um, you know, that's what I wanted as a kid, because that's what everyone else had, right? Um, so it was really that, yeah. that lifestyle was never something that, that drew me to entrepreneurism, right? So having some sort of, you know, easy schedule, a nine to five, you go home, you cook your meals, you spend time with your family, when in reality, it was a little different, but I was living that life. I just, as a child, couldn't see it. So... I say accidental entrepreneur because mm -hmm. I did go to school. I started, I was like, hey, I'm going to go to school. I'm going to get my job. I'm going to do all these things. And I came home um, after my first year and decided, I, I started serving really is how it started. So I started bartending, right? And bartending is, I don't care what you say, you're an entrepreneur that's working a job, right? Your hourly wage is not how you make money. You're taking your tips. Yeah. So I was like, this is entrepreneurism, how well I do, how good I am at selling a bottle of wine or how good I am at selling the dessert is really kind of how successful I'm going to be. So I, I started to notice that and I started with like my first business and I just wanted to keep making as much cash as I could to take that business and open a physical location. So that's how it really originally first started. And when I realized that having the business was a lot easier and it made more money and was able to live that lifestyle that I was quote unquote, not wanting, right. I was able to kind of go backwards and say, okay, so this is my engine to build the life that I wanted. So that's how it originally first started. And then we just grew and we grew and we grew. Um, I was in a market that was quickly, rapidly exploding. Um, and I was kind of in at the beginning. So you kind of had to double down and just keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. 
Yeah. Now, when you, I know, like you mentioned, like you hit success at a pretty young age, uh, from what I remember. And a lot of times people, like I, I see people that are kind of like, okay, well, I hit success, like I'm good now. But for you, you became more hungry. And you're like, what other yeah. avenues? I've actually had this discussion with people who have sold their companies. And it is so funny, because we all kind of went through it just differently. Um, so when I sold my companies, I'm still very young, right? So yes, quote unquote, do I have all the money I'm ever going to want or need? Yes, I can invest my money. I don't leave home, right? Um, and so you kind of feel like you've made it. But there's this now I called it my midlife crisis very early in life because I did it. This is great. We're on this trajectory, sold everything off, did what I was quote unquote supposed to do. And now it's like, now what? Right. And you start to learn that, you know, I think people crave money, they crave success, they crave the fancy car, or they crave the vacations or the summer house that they can go and stay in. Right. And they have all these things that they want to accomplish. And then when you get there and you have all the things, you realize, okay, now I need a purpose, which you talked about at the beginning. You know, my purpose mm -hmm. is I don't have children. I don't have a family that you know, I can give back to and, and can raise these children. So for me, when I'm helping other entrepreneurs, that is very much my purpose and my way of giving back. Because while I did have success and I had mentors around me and people I kind of leaned on, I never really had a coach until after, like a proper coach that was going to drive me to a different level of success. So when I kind of got to that stage, it was my coach that was like, what are you doing? Like, you're done. You're just going to give up. And I'm like, no, I'm going batshit crazy. I can't sit at home. I can't do this. I can't do that. Right. And at that point we already did have some more companies, yeah. but it's still, once you really break business down into fundamentals and kind of like a cookie cutter process, once it starts working, I get very bored very fast. Mm -hmm. So it was still like, yes, I, I had these businesses and they mm -hmm. were still running, but it wasn't something that was completely taking my time and my attention. And I wasn't using my full potential. So I had to come up with this kind of balance of getting into more companies and more investments, but also have this balance of coaching people and mentoring people and making sure I can give back. Because for me, you know, I remember having this moment with my coach saying, like, what's the purpose to anything? Like, what is my purpose? There is no purpose, right? And he's laughing, kind of being like, you're having another midlife crisis, but I'm not. And it, my purpose was to help people. Like that, that's where I, I've noticed it doesn't matter if I'm coaching someone, partnering with someone, some way, shape or form, my skills and my knowledge is helping someone live the life they want to be living. So to watch that process is extremely fulfilling for me. And that's what makes me get out of bed, to be honest, because I don't really need to get out of bed anymore in the morning. But you make it sound so easy, like, like, this is my journey and this had happened and and I like, like, I love having these conversations of like real talk because there's a road that everybody takes, but there's very few that like keep pursuing regardless of the adversity or the chaos or the fear that happens. And so was there like, what do you pull when you're like moments where you don't want to get out of bed or maybe something traumatic happens or something, or you got a phone call and somebody passed away because yeah, it happens, you know, like, how do you keep? going or what I, tools do you use to like get you where like, we going? where we met I had someone pass away at that event right so um it 
Oh, how do I explain this? I, I think my ability to completely shut off and stay into my work zone is one of my biggest strengths, but it didn't happen because, you know, I read some book and I learned how to, you know, pause my life for five minutes, get the work done, and then, you know, process your feelings after. I think it happened in a way in which I wasn't aware of um, and had certain things happen in my life. And my way of coping and my way of dealing was to be as busy as I physically possibly could so that when I did have to go kind of put my head on the pillow, I was just falling asleep because I was so tired. Um, I don't think that that is a healthy way to deal with mm -hmm. things at all, but I think that that's what gave me the strength and whenever anything's really going on in my life on a personal level or a business level, I have to click into that zone. And it's just a switch. Like I have to stay in this work zone because that will dominate my time. That will dominate my focus until my, you know, we all have feelings and emotions and we process things differently. So until that is ready to come to the surface to be dealt with, I have to be able to turn it off. Um, and like I said, I don't think that that's something I necessarily learned on purpose. And I don't think the way I did it in the past was healthy. Um, but for me, you know, I just, just secluded myself. And so work was my safe place. It was the one thing I could control in my life, right? How mm -hmm. I show up, how I work, the effort I put in, who, how many people I talk to in a day, how many sales I make in a day is dependent on me. So when you know, we all go through different things in the world, but if everybody in your life is letting you down and you can't control it, the only thing I could control at 19 was my business. So it was the one place I felt safe. Yeah. And you showing up. Yeah, and you mentioned too, like you showing up. Um, I think it's uh, like, I love how you addressed it as far as like, that's what, like, what can you do? Because it's your responsibility. If you don't show up regardless of what's going on in business, People are going to have compassion for you, but they still need the job done. And if you're not able to deliver, they're going to find somebody else. And I think that's what yeah. people need to understand. And I think as you get bigger, um, I think I shared something in my stories about this yesterday, but as you get bigger, your role and your responsibility gets way higher. So I know that if no matter what's going on in my life, I just don't want to wake up. I'm crying my eyes out, blah, blah, blah. If I don't go get up, you know, there's families that are not getting fed. There's paychecks that are not going to get written. I mean, it's never going to be that bad. But, you know, that's the mentality I put in my brain. It's no longer about me. Someone believed in my vision and works for me because of that. Mm -hmm. Someone believes in my leadership and loves to work for me because of that. And if I don't get up, I'm not ruining my life. I'm ruining someone else's. And how selfish is that? Right? So, you know, I posted something in my stories about if it's a really bad day, I'm getting up for all of you guys. I'm getting up for the people who look up to me, whoever's watching this live video right now. Like I'm getting up for everyone else and then I'll get up for me. If it's that bad, if it's if we're, we're having a moment where Katie just screw the world, I'm retiring. You know, it, it's not about me. It's about the responsibility. And I put myself in that leadership role and that requires me to show up even when I don't want to show up. Yeah. And, and it's so powerful. I know they say like a lot of people, even the most extremes of like suicidal, not saying that was extreme, but it's, yep. it's real. Let's yep. be honest here. People have these thoughts about it two times in life. And, you know, when you're depressed, the best thing you can do is actually give back to others. And it does make you feel better because what's it going to be laying in bed? Like, how is it yeah. going to make and you And I feel think better? people put like the, the, 
the boundaries on it, right? Like they feel that they can't, how do I want to say this? They, they feel like the, the weight is on their shoulders, but if you were just to remove that for five seconds and, and to put the pressure on some, so once again, I don't have kids, right? So I can't say, you know, so many moms will say that. And I wish I could say that, but I can't say that. So, so many moms will say, oh, like I, I'm getting up because no matter what, I got to do this for my kids. And like, that's not a way to live either because you, 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 start, you eventually have to do it for yourself. So while it is like a defense mechanism of, okay, I'm getting up for everyone else, um, I look at it as a leadership and a responsibility. And, you know, they're, they're watching, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, two little kids are not watching me every single day, but thousands of people on Instagram are, or my clients are, or my employees are. And just like children, people can read that energy. Mm -hmm. So you have to table it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What do you spend times where like, how do you know, well, number one, we're in a time where we have to be more creative and we need to learn how to pivot. Kind of like COVID right now, there's big talk about recession coming up and it's gonna impact everybody. It's already impacting people, yeah. even if they're just feeling concerned or having to be more creative. But what is your best strategy when, number one, when do you know when it's time to pivot? So mm -hmm. you're on this like lane. Second, like, what's your best strategy on pivoting? Um, I would time? say I pivot all the time. Like I am a queen of a pivot. I love a pivot, but, um, Two different. It yeah. must be that ice <laughs> that's, that's the hockey in you. Um, It does depend on obviously what industry you're in, but one thing I say all the time, it is speech on this, is I think people get too tunnel visioned on what they're doing. So I'm a marketer and I do online marketing. That's it. That's what I do, right? I'm a real estate agent, therefore all I do is sell houses, right? And they stay in this lane, right? while we, we, we harp on focus, 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 you can stay focused on your tasks that you have to get done. As an agent, I need to pick up the phone and do blank, 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 blank. This, 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 this. But what we fail to do is take the blinders off. So when we're connecting with people or we're jumping on Zooms and we're, we're networking with people, we, we almost have this false belief of, I can't do that. So if I'm a real estate agent and I'm jumping on the phone having calls about you know listing people's houses, et cetera, et cetera, and an opportunity comes up where there's a deal that this person has. Why do I feel the fear that I can't be the investor? And so we have that initial instinct to be like, oh, I can connect you with someone instead of saying, hey, I know this industry well enough. This is still in my wheelhouse. I'm gonna take my blinders off a little bit and give it a shot. And actually during the pandemic, that's what happened when I was working, I was doing PPE. So the world shut down, none of us knew what to do. I'm in Canada of all places, which is like super locked down. And I'm on Zoom calls constantly. My businesses were essential, they were still running, great. But I'm on Zoom calls because my day to day, I can't be at my office, right? And started taking these meetings, started taking these meetings. And then I started selling PPE and medical masks around the world. Now, that came from a conversation I had with someone in need of something, a conversation on a meeting a week later of someone having something. And when I went to go marry that together, I said, why not me? Why am I not doing this? Right? So I can take a little commission in the middle, or I could be in charge of this entire kind of wheelhouse. And so for me, as a serial entrepreneur, I talk about all different industries all day long. That's how that topic would have come up, but it comes right back to the same as a real estate investor. They're going to start having conversations. They're meeting people. 
you know, why can't you be the investor? Why can't you be the one doing the flip and then sell your own house? Right? So I think people just don't remove that. They have an internal instinct of fear thinking I'm not the expert in something and there is nothing I have ever done. None of the industries I've ever gone into. I was never an expert when I started. Guy, I didn't know anything about a non-neosh mask and an N95 mask and nitro gloves and non-nitro gloves and chemotherapy gloves, but I know it all now. And I knew it in a matter of a few months and it was just doing the research, right? So I think we have that instant fear of it's not what I do. It's not my description of who I am. Therefore, I can't take those blinders off. And if people would just take the blinders off, they'd be making way more money because they'd be doing a lot of things that are still aligned to their product or their business. So. Do you think it's that, or do you think it's more of the self-belief and self-worth? Cause this actually kind of goes into the question I have. I love asking this is, um, do you feel like self-worth impacts our net worth or do you feel like our net worth impacts our self? Like, what do you feel has this highest weight? Because I feel like that kind of taps more into what you were just saying, yeah. too. I, I think that people, especially after a pandemic, have been really hard on themselves, for sure. Um, I don't yeah. know how I want to say that. Because it's, I, I think that you, you have to have a level of confidence. And the only way to get a level of confidence is to fail and get the wins. So I can't say that I was always the most mm -hmm. confident person. If you, I've sold my companies off, made millions of dollars and was not confident, thought I was just some girl from Canada. Um, so I don't, I think it's yeah. a combination of constantly failing to get your wins, to build the confidence, because once you have the confidence, you can keep raising the net worth, right? I, I, I do think that I yeah. think women are worse than men. I hate to say it, we're women, but uh, men, men are worse yeah. because men won't identify it, right? They won't, they won't address it. They'll just keep bulldozing and bulldozing. And with women, we overanalyze it and we don't believe we deserve it. Like we don't believe that because, you know, we're a woman and we have to maybe have children or have the family that, you know, we still have these beliefs in our heads. And why? Why can't you, if you want to have a family, why can't you have a family, have the business, have the marriage, have the, like, you can have anything you want in life. You just have to get very clear on what it is that you want and kind of work backwards, right? Um, but yeah, I think that women will mm -hmm. constantly yeah. overanalyze. I call it like the cheer mom syndrome where it's like, well, they don't want to talk about their business because they're going to have to go talk about it with the cheer moms, right? And, and having to go sit down and, and mm -hmm. heaven forbid they're judged because they're working and the other one's sitting there baking cookies all day. They're both valuable to society. We're both women. So why are we tearing each other down first and foremost? But the fact that that is even an issue that a woman does not want to go to cheer practice and talk about her business is like socially and ethically totally backwards right we preach women empower women we preach let's support one another and when it comes down to it i can't go to cheer without being talked about because i'm talking about my business it's cheer mom syndrome and i i say cheer mom syndrome but we could relate that into anything you you probably know what i'm talking about right? yeah I'm like, I'm like, analogies i'm like where are these coming from these are so good because i love how 
because it's true when you talk to entrepreneurs and I, and I mean, everybody is so critical, like even employees, because it's just like maximizing and showing up as your best in whatever lane you're choosing to do. But I've noticed the, the people that have chosen the lane of entrepreneurship like yourself have been yeah. athletes. And it's kind of like, it, it's a really interesting stat when you, if you go in a room when you're speaking and you ask people that, how many of you have played sports, like seriously, not dabbled, but like serious sports, majority of the room will, will say, and I've noticed the correlation um, with entrepreneurs yeah. in the sports yeah, I background. Think it's, um, I think it's a discipline thing at the very young age. Um, it's a discipline and mm -hmm. people will hire people, by the way, at like Fortune 500 companies, they will hire you over someone else if you played college sports. So it is actually something that hmm, you know, people know that. look for on resumes. And it, it kind of comes down to the university and the college thing, right? Look at how many people go to university or college. We say university, you say college, so I'm saying both. <laughs> um, but they go and then, you know, they, they didn't make it. Like first year, they just don't make it. And the reason they don't make it is because they've never had to do their laundry, go to practice, study harder than they've ever studied, et cetera, et cetera, right? And they can't have this balance in life of, okay, my work ethic has to outweigh everything I do. And my scholarship is dependent mm -hmm. on me going to practice six days a week. So if you're able to balance not only university, because many people drop out after the first year, if you're able to balance that plus college level mm -hmm. sports, that that's, looks so high on a resume. It just shows the work ethic that was ingrained in someone a lot prior to in life is it the key factor to success no but i agree with you that if someone has played sports or had like huge extracurricular activities while going to school whether it was high school or university that was instilled in them so much earlier in life yeah yeah and i know there's a lot of people that wanted to but they just yeah. didn't have the opportunity but what what would you say because i always like to understand like what build the strength behind KDK where where are some of your like non-negotiables in your day that no matter what's going on whether it's a great day it's a horrible day like you have certain things in place that need to be in place to operate and show up like strong um well one I have is no negativity so if it's a team member yeah you heard me say this <laughs> team member family member it does not I tell them yeah. that. So if they're like on the phone with me at all and they're being negative, like I just, I can't. And my family now knows better. They know better than to pick up the phone and call me and start being negative about Betty the aunt. I don't even have a Betty aunt, but Betty the aunt. We're going to use more analogies um, because I just don't have time for it. And I think what we fail to recognize is energy vampires in our life. And I am that nice person that will sit there and listen to your entire sad story. Like I, I physically can't like not see empath in me. I can feel the pain coming off someone and I'm like, I just want to help you. Right. And in order for me not to get stuck in those situations where I'm spending four hours talking about something that was negative, I just, unless, unless someone needs me, of course I'm there for the people that need me. But a lot of the time they're just picking up the phone to be negative because they're negative and who they're surrounding themselves with and who they're putting their life in their lives is not my responsibility. 
right? It's like you have the friend that's dating the asshole. And if they're going to continue to date the asshole, it doesn't matter what you say after the 10th phone call, you're going to tell them to stop calling. Right. And I think that too many people let that go on for a long time. So yeah, if they're negative, they don't even get, you get KDK's voicemail. You don't get an answer. Um, harsh, but you know, my relationship with a lot of my family members has grown because of that. And I think a lot of them have started to implement that into their life. So as entrepreneurs, we're in control of our schedule. And if I start seeing, you know, a direct family member or a direct, you know, loved one calling, of course, I'm going to answer, but I had to put a boundary on it. Because if I didn't put the boundary on it, I would just always answer and always be there for everyone. And then I'm not there for myself. So that is a non-negotiable, no negativity. Mm. Um, I'm trying to think of another one that I, I Well, how do you take care of yourself? Yeah. Like, do you work out? Do you do yoga? Meditate, yeah, so like my, my favorite, my Peloton is my life. I love my Peloton. Um, I do love to Ooh. run. They look, Pardon? they look fun. I mean, they, they've got all these things on it now. I know at first it started as a bike, but now it looks like yeah. you can do weight training. Yeah, it's got everything. Yoga. I, I feel like it's like an all in one system. It sits in my office, of course. <laughs> So um, when I'm really annoyed, I can just get on the Peloton and burn some energy. Um, that is a non-negotiable and plugging off is a non-negotiable. I'm really bad at it. Plugging off is plugging like off. when my calendar is set and there's a time that I have to kind of shut off, I shut off. Um, so there's still like probably a list of 10 people that if there's something going on, of course, I have to answer the phone and kind of handle it. But same thing, it was setting a boundary with managers and partners and people that are in my life saying, okay, like this is the time in which I have to shut off because I'm, I'm exerting so much energy all day. I'm not like the healthiest person on the planet. So I do have like my issues and I need to make sure like I've taken my meds, I've rested, I've gone to sleep and I've allowed my brain to shut off because I will stay awake all night long. I'm one of those people that if I don't unplug, unplug, I'll stay awake on all night long. So Podcasts are allowed in the morning. They are not allowed at night for me because I'll hear something on a podcast and I will start researching for 17 hours and it'll be three in the morning and I'll be like, ah, I'll go to sleep now. Um, so th those are like my non-negotiables is making sure I do shut off. Um, I don't do meditation, although, yeah, I've never, I've never been like a meditation person, so I've never done that. I should try it probably. It would probably help me. Try to think. I can help you. It, it took me three years and a lot of money and lots of mentors yeah. to figure out a simpler way. I was like, why didn't you guys tell me this from the beginning? Three years. Of I do a lot of like off. behavioral therapy now. So that is never non, like that is a non-negotiable. So those are always booked every week. Um, and they all tell me to meditate, by the way. Just haven't actually implemented yet. So I need to implement. Um, yeah, it's just a focus, it's like getting you to focus, but I'm such your a, own. Yeah, I'm a fidgeter, I'll, I'll help you. ADHD, so I'm like, someone wants me to sit still, this is not gonna work, but I do, I need to try it. Everyone keeps saying it to me, so um, yeah, I think those are my... you know what helped me get into meditation. I think this can help a lot of people, especially, um. Because a lot of the people that we I speak to as well as entrepreneurs and elites um, or is yoga. 
because the yoga, you're moving the body or the best time to place your meditation is after your workout because you've already like moved your yeah, body. I feel like I so yeah. if you're going to, I feel like, I feel like that is more, if I'm moving while trying to calm down, I feel like that would work. And I think it's Peloton. I don't know why I'm yeah. not doing it. You got to know how to like time <laughs> It has to be scheduled like anything. So, but yeah, so you have your, so your non-negotiables are a no negativity policy. You also set healthy boundaries with, um, with people, but also with your time and having, you call it a plug off time. Or yeah, it's like my unplugged. Right? So I put, and then I'll unplug time. I don't know. Plug off. I probably off. said that. <laughs> <laughs> Plug off. I don't know where that came from. It's not in my vocab, but I, I kind of like it. Plug off. We I made a like new a, one. Plugging off. And then um, uh, your behavioral therapy and your boundaries with your sleep yeah. too. Yeah. I have endometriosis, so my um, my sleep is very important to me if I don't get it. And I, I, I lack that boundary. That's probably something I should really work on going into 2023. Um, but I'll run on like three, four hours of sleep a night. And that is so bad for me. So bad. So, you know, we all have our yeah, things. It is for, yeah, I think, but you started, you said your entrepreneurship at 19 yeah. years old, right? And at 19 years old, I mean, how much stuff can we really get away with like neglecting ourselves? It all starts to hit you. And we think we can keep yeah. taking it all starts to hit that you way? and you're like, oh, this is not as easy as it used to be. <laughs> okay. Yeah. If you, even I was having a conversation with, with uh, someone the other day on even pro athletes. It's like they're so young, but people consider them old when they're like 30 or 35. Yeah. But because of the so much stress and it's the same thing, not only like the physical stress because yeah, you travel a lot, right? Yeah. So you're traveling your time zone changing, your, the food, having to like find food, um, sleep off, like that's all, you know, so it's, I would consider it the same thing if that's yeah. a similar lifestyle. I do, um, one thing I do do, which my coach got me into doing it, um, and I make all my clients do it, is vitamin drips, especially when I'm traveling. Um, so I'll go about once every week, mm -hmm. once every other week, every 10 days-ish when I'm home, but when I'm traveling, vitamin drips, all day. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, those are great. I love those vitamin yeah. D shots. They just get it's you faster. Right it's before. like, okay, 30 minutes, I got all the things I needed. It's time, it's efficient. It's great. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm gonna ask this. You don't have to answer if you don't want to, but who does somebody have to be? Because you mentioned you're single, right? I don't talk Maybe about I my you just don't I have don't kids. Are you person. dating? Okay. But you can ask okay. around it. Well, I was just going to say, like, what is And then you can ask around huh? it. But yeah, post anything on my personal. Yeah, life. I'm going to ask around it. This is my asking yeah. around it. Here, let me just get to the point. What is the qualifications for when it comes to actual, like, dating and being so invested in business of like oh, energy. Totally matching. answer this question though. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay. I probably should have asked yeah, it no, that's probably okay. the first time. Um, <laughs> everybody's different. That's fine. Um, 
I always say with like strong entrepreneurial women specifically, like we make decisions all day long. Even if you're in corporate, we make decisions all damn day long. So there has to be number one, someone who will take the reins of that and just be like, we are going here for dinner at this time with this because I saw your schedule and this is perfect. Like this works, right? The worst situation you can be in as a woman who's been making decisions all day is, okay, let's hang out at eight o'clock. And then it's like, well, where do you want to eat? And do you want to do this? And do you want to go ice skating? Or do you want to like go to the farm? Or do you want to do this? Or do you want like, don't ask questions, just give like a plan, right? That's for entrepreneurial strong women. Mm -hmm. um, I will also say that whether you're the man in the situation or the woman, or you're both entrepreneurial, that you have to have like some level of not necessarily schedule. It sounds so formal, but you have to like make the time in the schedule because if you don't have the time in the schedule, it's never going to happen. Cause if, especially if you're both high achievers, you're never going to kind of make that time and you'll both just like get busy yeah. in life. Um, what else will I say with that? I was just going to say one more thing and I forgot it. It'll come. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Energy. Um, I think, I think with on the woman's side of things with entrepreneurial women that, you know, you have to match that intensity but you don't like, it doesn't need to be a competition. Right. So I think that the, they need to mm. kind of balance you perfectly. Um, it doesn't mean that one is a high achiever and one isn't like, I don't think people should date based on income at all ever. Some people do believe that like there should be a level of success and mm. a level of success. I don't. Um, but I think that you need to have the same kind of work ethic. Like someone could make, $10 an hour and make, date someone who makes millions of dollars a year, but they could have the same level of work ethic. And so I think that those things are very important. Like you have to be both driven. If you're both people that work out, like, you, you know, you know what I mean? You can't have one working out, one not. One striving to be the best versions of them and one not. Maybe one does do a lot of meditation and a lot of self-help and then this person's version is working out. Right. So you kind of have to like identify that these are the things that help me and these are the things that help you, but you can't have like a complete off balance of like, I invest in myself and I show up and I do this for myself, but you're doing nothing because there'll always be a conflict there. Um, and I think a lot of people, especially entrepreneurial people, they kind of just, they look for the reasons they should be dating the person versus like you're saying that energy match and that personality match, I guess, is what they should be looking for. Because if you're getting up at five and you're working out, because I know so-and-so is not getting up till seven, it's gonna eventually be weird. It, it's not the same personality. Yeah. That waking me up. That would be me, waking everyone up. Um, like, because one of the questions I get a lot, especially for the younger women, I know you love working with women, um, is they get, like, getting distracted. I know even for me, like, I wish if I could have advised my younger self, I would have told her, like, listen, the amount of month, the amount of time and energy that you're putting into, like, searching for somebody to give you that, or you're waiting for somebody to give you that, like, put your energy into getting it yourself, and then eventually that person mm -hmm. will show up. So what would you say to, like, women that are like 
you know, they're kind of dabbling, really. I guess I, I would call it dabbling. Yeah. I don't know what else um, to call it. Like, not focused. Yeah, I, I never relate to to that personality. I'm sure you don't either of, you know, someone's going to give me everything I want. But, but I, it I, is literally the reality we live in. I, I am so close. I have so many guy close friends. So I sit on that other side of it, right? And I'm like, women are savages. Like, you need to be careful. Now, we sit on the entrepreneurial women's side and we're like, men are savages as well. Like, it goes both ways. But for women, I feel like they don't... Hmm. It might be that self-belief thing again. Like, they don't believe that they can be the... Even if they're the sole provider, they don't believe because we've been taught something for so many years that they can just have their own independence. And I love that no matter what I do, I have my own independence. Like there's no one that's ever going to tell me I can't go buy something or I can't like anything I want to do. I make that decision based on what I want to do. I'm not making it based on someone's influence. And, and I think the worst part is, is people get into these relationships very young and then they want, let's say the woman wants to go and start working on themselves or go to a conference or go invest in a coach or go to some self-help retreat or whatever it is that they feel they want in their life. And they might have made the money as well or contributed to making the money. And the husband or the boyfriend or the girlfriend or whatever situation you're in says, no, why would you do that? That's stupid. Why are you wasting that money? And I hate that. I hate that. One, I hate emotion to money. You should never have emotion to money. Um, but two, I hate that fact of the relationship switch because you wanted to better yourself. That's not fair on a man's side or a woman's side. That's not fair. You shouldn't be telling your partner. So that, and also for the younger women, sign prenups, like no matter what, it doesn't matter if you have more money, they have less money from get go. Don't make the mistake. Sign a prenup. I think that we think that that's like not romantic. It's not this, it's not that. And as a businesswoman who looks at contracts all day long, if I'm going to go put a contract on a house or I'm going to go put a contract on a business or a partnership, why am I not doing that with all of my money? Why am I only doing it with an X amount of my money? Mm -hmm. Right? And we don't protect ourselves because mm -hmm. once again, we've been told this story. And same with men, prenups. It, sh it should just be a contract. It mm -hmm. shouldn't be... Yeah. unromantic you're protecting both sides of that equation hey it's tanya i'm calling a quick timeout intermission huddle so bring it in i'm personally inviting you to our inner circle it's our monthly vip meet up with other achievers just like us each week i'm teaching everything you're going to need in order to be successful to step into the most elite version of yourself i'm going to break this down play by play the tools the systems the strategies everything you're going to need in order to operate at higher levels mentally, physically, emotionally, and energetically. Look, we're in a season where the idea of full potential just isn't cutting it anymore. It's time to really be it now. So click the link in the show notes and I'll see you in the inner circle. Peace. I just see a lot of people get distracted in relationships just because they're feeling lonely. Because, you know, the journey of entrepreneurship, become lonely that's the main reason why i created the podcast because i wanted to be around amazing women that are doing amazing things um that we can have like intellectual yeah. conversations on and make friends and so it's not doesn't have to be so lonely you just have to be creative about it 
um, versus wasting your time on like something where you know isn't a good investment because that's also an investment. So what's yeah, your take on that? I mean, another point to it is is you don't need to, if you notice, and like I just said, I don't talk about my personal life, but there's nothing on my social media that even remotely shows my dad, my mom, my sister, anyone in my life. Um, I think that's a mistake as well because I think people stay in situations. Um, I think people pitch their own relationships and they, they stay and they show up because of a image they're projecting to the world. And I don't think that that's mm. how your relationship should be based. If I was sitting here right now and I had like relationships, family, mom, dad, like, what if my mom and dad screwed me and I never wanted to talk to them again, but I just wrote this, like, you know what I mean? There's that. What if I get a breakup, but I don't want yeah. to break up because now everybody yeah. on my social media loves, not just me, they love me because I'm with someone, right? And, and I think that people yeah, want to yeah. just show this, it sounds harsh, but they just want to show this perfect life and no relationship is perfect. And we do it. Like, of course, I, it's a highlight reel of my yeah. life. It's not ever showing like the worst day of my life, but I try to give that balance of failures versus successes. And if I'm going to jump on there and be like, well, today I had this failure in my relationship, I'm going to get a hundred thousand phone calls and everyone's going to be like, what's wrong? So I don't feel like people can do yeah. that relationship with relationships. And I feel like we, we put on this big filtered, perfect life. And then people stay in those relationships because of that, which is the worst part. So, yeah. yeah. And it, it's, I mean, it all kind of ties into, because what I'm picking up for the common thread of what you're saying is like, like the attachment, like the attachment to money, the attachment to this, to a business, a one way, the attachment to a relationship, the attachment to like anything will really be, will, could yeah, backfire exactly. on you. And I always say like, I have, I have the biggest heart, of course, but I have no emotion. Like I don't, when I make a financial decision, there is not emotion involved. When I make a business decision, there is not emotion involved, right? Everything is very tactical. I'm still human. I have feelings and I, I have a big heart and I love to help people, but I have to remove the emotion because so many decisions in business and life get, yeah, while we're, we're talking about the relationships or building of the businesses, the failures come because of an emotion or a person. And that's when you have a mistake. Like at the end of the day, all of our business problems are people problems and all of our life problems are people problems. So to keep that very like monotoned and say, you know, no hard feelings. This is how I'd like this business dealing to go down. This, 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 and this. And I do genuinely walk away and have no hard feelings if someone doesn't want to sign or partner or whatever the case may be. Right. So you keep that like very minimal zero emotion. Same with spending money. Like I, I don't sit there and be like, oh my God, that's a lot of money to invest in a coach or that's a lot of money to invest in something that's going to make me better. I don't look at the dollar amount. I just do it. If, I, if it's something I feel that's going to help me, it's just yeah. instantly yes. Wire sent done. And it's the same with people. I feel like I do cut people do you, very quickly too. Like if, if, if I feel like a trust or a, or a business or a personal, if something's gone wrong, I, I just like, like there's no going back, text me in a month, 
want to talk to you no like if you're done and you've, you've done the decision you have in my life to remove yourself from my life you're gone and i don't look back i'm always like forward thinking what's coming versus what did i lose and that's why i i feel like every time i'm gonna ask you a question i feel like you kind of <laughs> answered it but i want to ask it so they can hear it but I'm gonna say we don't think about this and I've been meditating on this the last like year when I went through Dr. Joe Dispenza's nope. work. Have you heard of him or taken any of his stuff? Okay. So he's all about like epigenetics and reprogramming our belief system and literally forward movement mindset, falling more in love with your future than like consistently yeah. dragging your past with you. So my question is, which you practically answered, but I'm gonna ask it anyway, is like, who did you have to become and what did you have to overcome in order to like be this woman that you are today? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I definitely had to drop the, I, my heart is bigger than my head that had to get dropped. So I think it was a combination of life issues and business issues, not so much business in the beginning. Cause I, like everything was mine, right? I didn't have any partners or things like that. So, uh, I did go through that later in partnerships and things like that. But I feel like I, I would make excuses for other people. I would always want to see the greatness in other people. Um, I want everyone to succeed. But there are certain people in this world who are not out here thinking the way I'm thinking. So don't expect you out of others was a huge, huge life lesson. I feel like I literally just went through this again about a month ago, but you know, I can't, it's a combination of like still keeping my walls up, but still knowing that just because one person screws you or one deal goes south or one relationship didn't work out that what's coming is not going to be great. Like I can't say, Oh, I'm never going to be friends with someone or I'm never going to have this relationship or this business partnership because I just never going to trust anyone ever again. I have to still have that mechanism of there is still more to come. Right. I think it was just more of, of figuring out the size of the walls that are going to go up, not necessarily completely having walls up or completely having walls down. Um, that, and then I would say resiliency, like, you know, I, I think people in entrepreneurship, especially like you know me I, I make all the instagram jokes that are available because i just like love instagram but i like to hash on people on instagram and i feel like we we post this this version of us i do it as well of course we post all the highlights and we post this you know life that we're living um but there is a lack of authentic people in this planet and so i am not a fan of the people who who are selling courses for things they've never done. I'm not a fan of people who are coming on who are really good marketers, who are taking people's last dollars as a self-help lifeboat. Um, like I will never take money from someone who can't afford me. There's, there's a lot of things in the world where like authenticity is just off and I have always remained who I am. And I will also stand up for who that person is. So I think being a woman in business, you'll relate to this. And I'm sure a lot of people will relate to this. I always say, I don't give a shit who you are, how much money you have, what celebrity you are. Like, it does not matter if you do something that's ethically or integrity off, you will hear my voice and it will be loud because 
I don't believe that we should keep being quiet just because I'm the blonde woman in the room or I'm the woman in the room or I'm the younger person in the room or like my integrity is the one thing I stand by fully. And I think that authenticity actually gravitated me to um, higher level entrepreneurs, people with a larger net worth than me. Um, and I always used to think it was the one thing that was going to push everyone away and be like, that girl's got a mouth on her. Like, like she's going to put you in your place in five minutes. Um, like, who does she think she is type thing? And I never do it from like an ill intent way. I, I specifically say your integrity's off, your morals are off. And that was actually the one thing that's kind of sucked me towards everyone very quickly. Um, which is funny, because I always thought, you know, I'm just this woman walking around being like, you're a piece of shit, and you're a piece of shit. <laughs> and I just won't work with you because you did this, this and this, and I won't work with you. And so because my integrity is never up for waiver, I never take a dollar off someone that I don't genuinely believe is the right fit. And I think that's extremely rare in the world we live in right now, because people just get really good at marketing and they'll sell anyone anything. So. Yeah. And the big thing too, you said is like being able to back it up. You know, there's a lot of people that sell yeah. and there's no backup. And people don't fact check. It's like they fall in love with this, this dream. And then that, that's also hurting our society more. Like I'm not going to name, names but there's specific motivational people that we all follow on instagram or social media or one of the platforms and they don't they take you on such a high and then they drop you and it's not that they drop you in the sense of like they didn't do what they say they were gonna do they start working and, and they you get all hyped up and, and your adrenaline's rushing and then you don't have any results afterwards so you've spent your last $10,000 you have to your name and you didn't get results because you weren't in a position to buy the product in the first place. And then we go into depression and we go into suicide and we have all these other issues in this world because we didn't have a result. Like that's horrible, but yeah. that, I mean, that's the world we live in. People are shitty. Unfortunately. Yeah. I've got to keep giving them these. Yeah pep talks that's crazy well thank you for all that you do and for you know keeping your core values what are, would you say like some solid core values are that you you mentioned like your integrity you mentioned your authenticity but what about core values when you're actually letting somebody into your inner circle or things that you look for in any whether it being a business relationship a friendship uh anything? it'd be respect and loyalty respect because just being in a female body in the industry I'm in it's it's a respect level of I do deserve to sit at the table I do deserve to have a voice I do deserve to answer the questions just like you do I do deserve these things so respect me the same way I respect you um respecting kind of that hierarchy as well so sometimes you know there's people above me and I don't agree necessarily with what they're saying but I respect them so it's not someone I'm going to sit there and call out, right? I have that respect level to know my place. There's a time and a place. Um, and yeah, so those are huge in personal and business. And then loyalty, you know, betrayal is the worst thing you can ever go through. And loyalty is loyalty. It's black and white. You're either loyal or you're not. 
you know, there is, there is no in between, there's no gray area with me. There is no like, oh, I'm sorry, but maybe sure. Okay. But like, I don't like any of those acronyms or words. I just like loyal or not tell me the truth or tell me the, the lie. So yeah, loyalty. Yeah, I'm gonna me the lie. Out. I will find the lie. <laughs> <laughs> what, did, what did you say about what is a fact check you mentioned mm. fact check like just do your homework ask people how like that have worked yeah I, I feel like um like people when they're on social media they don't fact check you know what I mean so if someone's reaching out and it, it sucks because it's ruining the way these platforms are built and what they're meant to do right I mean even look at Facebook advertising if you're starting a new Facebook advertising account, you need to spend ads for like three weeks before Facebook even trusts you because there's just people jumping on making scam accounts and blasting ads. So it's the same thing with, um, you know, anyone on, let's say you're hiring a, a life coach or a health coach or a, um, anything. I mean, there could, be a, there could be a fitness coach on here, right? That is posting pictures of someone in abs that is not actually them, but nobody fact checked it. Right? Nobody, you know, they, they've copy and pasted someone else's nutrition plan and they've, they've posted someone else's photos. I mean, I think I have a fake account of me being created every other day, it feels like. Um, and people are falling for these scams, by the way. This is my only account. Um, but yeah, they're getting people wiring money for crypto using my branding and my name. Like now me, I would be like, how do you even do that? Like who would send money on here for like you, you have my cell phone number why wouldn't you pick up the phone and call me thirdly like you should ask for more information before you just wire money to these people right um and i think that that's just the world especially going into a recession i think it's going to get worse i think the scammers are just going to keep getting worse and worse and worse and so you got to fact check everything and even very very well-known people there's things you don't know. And there's things that other people don't know about their financials and what is going on in their life. And they're still pretending to be someone they're not. So, you know, also ask for references as a matter if it's for a service. Um, could even be like a real estate agent, anyone you're hiring in your life, like ask for references. I mean, we do it as girls, right? I think I said this in that speech. It's, if I'm going to go get my lashes done, I'm looking at all the lashes this lash tech has done. And I'm like, oh, I like her, right? Or I'm not going to not do my research because I want to make sure my, I like my lashes. So it's the same thing. Or my hair, right? I'm just creeping yeah. the hair girl. And I'm like, she knows how to do the blonde. Sure. I love this. Da, 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 da. And therefore, I hire her. So like, we do it for those um, more known services we purchase. But then we don't do it for these big investments that we're giving away. That's the part that blows me away. And I think if I really break that down further, it's because everybody wants the shortcut. So if you get a message that says, hey, I'm pretending to be K2K on this fake account, and I can promise you a double return in 24 hours, which everybody knows on the planet doesn't exist, but people have fallen for it. And I can promise you this return, well then someone was just sold the shortcut. The shortcut doesn't exist. So it's interesting interesting how like bad it's getting but you have to fact check yeah but I, and listen i fall into that trap too i did i'm not falling into it anymore but I have if, too. If you're right like we'll yeah. do our research for our hair 
our nails, but makeup artists, you know, but what about like businesses? Like, it's like, you're right. It's yeah. never thought of it like that before. It's a great way to look I think at it's it. like coaching too. Like even with so coaches sometimes, sometimes not the person is behind the account. Like some of that stuff is just blown me away. And I was like, but we wouldn't do it. Yeah. It, the internet is definitely a lot easier now to, that's why I love the lives because people can like hear the authenticity. Uh, I took, I took somebody's challenge where I've just been doing lives 30 days. I'm like, because you can't tell behind yeah. just a picture. You see something, but when they can hear your tone, your genuineness, like giving information, pouring into people. Um, and I feel that people that are going to really win right now in this time for the pivot in this season of what we're going through, what we're about to go through is to yeah. over-deliver. Oh, yeah. yeah. You're, we're going into probably one of the biggest, well, only recession we've ever seen, firstly. But, I mean, you're yeah. about to see people's true colors, for sure. Um, and it's going to be interesting. I mean, I, I don't think people are prepared the way they should be prepared. I don't think people are... This is, this is where the biggest opportunities are going to happen. But I don't think that people are even prepared for the opportunities that are coming. I don't think it's, I don't think it's clicked. And I, I don't think it's clicked because we were in a pandemic and everything was on fire like we've never seen before. And houses were selling, I mean, in Canada, some of these houses were going 300,000 over asking. Like house after house after house. So, wow. you know, I just don't think people are mentally prepared. That's interesting because it kind of goes back into and you know correct me if I'm off with this but from what I'm hearing is and I did the research more people are afraid of succeeding than they are with failing and is that what you're talking about when you're saying like people aren't mentally prepared for yeah. the opportunity yeah, like they're not they're either sitting on the fence of I'm worried because of interest rates and I don't know what ripple that has on the rest of the world because I maybe I don't know and I don't understand financial markets and whatever, right? But even, you know, any average person can notice that milk has gone up $4 and that bread is up X amount of dollars, right? Like we can notice that there is a shift and a ripple and it's because the Fed has keeps hiking this interest rate. So I think that they sit on either this side of being like, oh, well, eventually it'll kind of balance out and come down. And maybe they're in comfortable positions that they're not really needing to panic, panic. But then on, what comes with this is the biggest opportunities I will ever see in my entire life are going to happen from this recession, right? So I, there's deals that are coming through already where people are panicking and flash sailing, and it's only going to get worse, right? It's going to get worse, and then it's going to get better. See, so we want to buy in this big dip, and then we want to ride the wave again. Um, and I don't think people are, whether it's, let's say you're in real estate, I don't even think people are getting their teams ready for the amount of phone calls and, you know, deals that are going to come through. Like, I just don't think they're, and I think it's just because we were in a pandemic. I think they're just a little, you know, we got really excited because the world opened back up and we, we kind of all rushed out and we were like, yes, there's people and humans and right. We got kind of excited. Mm -hmm. And meanwhile, the financial markets were literally like as high as we've ever seen them. The 
I mean, the stock market makes zero sense. So let's just leave the stock market out because that makes zero sense. But then these interest rates and then how fast those interest rates went up. I don't think, I don't think it's clicking in people's heads yet, but the biggest opportunities for everyone, doesn't matter what you do, everyone is going to be during this recession. The first time. time. Yeah. And I think because a lot of what I've been, and one thing that I could say about meditation is you, that quiet time alone, once you finally get in the flow of it, because it's literally like a sport of like, you when you're in the Mm -hmm. zone, you don't Mm -hmm. work when you're in the zone. The meditation, when you get past all the shiznit, you get your greatest, like, creativity and your insight. And one of the biggest things is preparation. It's it's interesting you said that and that when the patience that people receive, because it's about playing for the long game, but that patience is the preparation yeah. phase. And that's, like, I think what people aren't understanding. Yeah, I, I, I don't think... I, yeah, I don't think they're preparing. If, if they're in the part where it's concerning... I don't think they're preparing, like people are not thinking, oh, I've got to renew my mortgage. And they're forgetting that they just paid 500,000 over market value for their homes. So that they're not preparing in that sense, because maybe they have two more years left or a year left on their mortgage renewal, right? So they're not panicking yet. And it's different in Canada and the US a little bit. Um, And then on the other side, they're not preparing for literally all the deep, like, the outflow of this, what this opportunity is going to create for those who are preparing for the opportunity. So it's just a very, and I, I really do, I, I boil that down to the pandemic and I boil that down to how we work virtually now. And I boil it down to how we communicate as humans now. And, you know, the world is not how it was when we left it prior to that pandemic, even though we are back open, let's say, right? Um, so I think, yeah, people are just preparing differently. They're a little bit on pause. Yeah. And this is one of your biggest assets What you say is like, you're what, um, you've always worked on like the end phase and reverse engineering things. So I think that's where your brain like, is like, so genius is you're actually thinking with the end in mind and then working backwards and being very yeah, strategic Yeah, no, for sure. It. Everything, life or like business or personal, everything gets reverse engineered. There has to be like an end game to what you're trying to accomplish. So yeah, for me, I'm, I'm already thinking like, okay, in like two years where we're going to be with the financial market, where we're going to be in three years, you know, how am I building that backwards? So what do I need to do today? But then I can dial it down into a new company. I start, okay, well, I want it the X amount in revenue. Okay, well, then we break that down to 12 months, which I break down to like weekly, and then I break it down to daily. And then I'm like, okay, well, how many phone calls do I have to get in order to get those sales? Or how much money do I need to spend in marketing in order to get that much in a day? And then those are micro sized goals that people can accomplish. Like if I was a real estate agent, and I was like, I want to close 20 deals this year. But I knew in order to close 20 deals, I had to make I'm literally rounding numbers right now. 20,000 phone calls, right? Then, okay, then I know on a daily basis, I have to make X amount of phone calls. Like that's a micro goal I can manage where people are like, I want to become a millionaire and I want to have the Lamborghini and that's fine. If you want to be a millionaire and you want the Lamborghini, price tag, reverse engineer, profit, revenue, and kind of figure it out. So that's just, I mean, I think I'm a little crazy, but that's how my brain works. (laughs) 
Well, I mean, you're doing something, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so, I mean, that's, that's what we want to hear about it. But it's true because um, I'm doing a goal setting workshop. And one of the biggest things, and I struggle with this, is I stop setting goals. And it, stats are showing 80% of people don't even set goals anymore. And I know that it comes down to the belief system yeah. and the overwhelm feeling so overwhelmed. So when you said of you taking something in a three year and they, what did they say? We overestimate when we can do in a year and we underestimate what we can do in like three yeah. years or something. Like yeah. That. I think, yeah. How they say it. And what you take it, you break it down. So people actually feel capable, which you mentioned builds up yeah. belief and confidence, like the things that we do on a day basis yeah. builds up. Um, no, it's, and it's anything. I, I obviously look at a financial standpoint, but it, it's what if you want to lose weight and you want to lose five pounds, right? It's like we get to New Year's and everyone sets these unrealistic goals, but they might actually not be unrealistic. Like you might say, I want to lose 20 pounds. And then you like get to the middle of January and you're like, oh, I give up. Or I get to the February and I give up, right? And it's like, it's just the way we're executing the goal is the reason we're failing the goal. It's not losing 10 pounds is not unachievable. It, the, the people who write down, I wanna make 10 million profit and haven't put a million in the bank yet, unrealistic, right? But if we have a realistic goal, it's just the execution of the goal. So, okay, I need to lose two pounds a month. And in order to lose two pounds a month, like I'm gonna to talk to my nutritionist or I'm gonna figure out my calorie count and I'm gonna make sure I walk or I do this X amount of times a day, right? And I think, because we don't put it into micro goals, it's why people fail. And I wish, I wish they taught this in school because if you actually look like back at school and you were like, okay, I need to write this essay. Like I was the queen of like writing the essay the night before and making shit up. And somehow I just like passed my way through. But if I was taught this lesson, I feel like I would have mm -hmm. done that. If we did like, those micro goals, yeah, yeah so reading, like even children in like a, in a public school system and they have to read x amount of books well they just tell these kids go read 10 books we're not saying okay read specifically four pages tonight right we're not even teaching that into children and i think that would have a huge impact on goal setting and execution and work ethic if we were able to teach that a lot younger I can I could probably, I think we can all hear from you for like days at a time. You should run like, when we run our, uh, we're going to run a mastermind Ooh, in Miami. Yeah. Love to have you. We're going to have a, literally you could run it for like have three a days. We'll do that. We're going to add meditation. We're going to yeah. add meditation. Teach me how to meditate. I'll be there. Some like zen. <laughs> I got you. It's, it's the whole thing because that's how we operate at higher levels when we take care of our body too because you can only keep going mentally until the body just forces you to stop. I think we can 100%. all understand that. But if you can leave people with like, you dropped so many diamonds on us today. I'm so grateful. I can't believe it's already oh. been like an hour. Um, but if you can leave people with like one thing that they feel that they can do and integrate, like you talked about this micro goal, what's that one thing that you would leave somebody with? That would be like a Total game changer um, for them. So it's going to go kind of with the micro goals, but I'm going to break it down even further to life and business because I feel like everybody talks about work-life balance and everybody talks about, you know, I'm going to sleep three hours a night and hustle, hustle, hustle. And what is work-life balance? And everybody has their opinions on it, right? 
And what I always say, and I say this to my clients, I will say, mm -hmm. write down exactly what you want in life because everybody's different. So let's say you have children and you're like, listen, I just want to be able to, let's say you're in corporate. Like, I just want to have my job, my two children. I want to be able to take them to Disney World once a year or some sort of like big vacation once a year. And I want to be able to own a lake house and have a boat. And we want to be able to spend our summers or winters there, whatever it is. And, and zero judgment on what it is, right? You might want the Lambo. You might want the high rise in New York and the house in Palm Beach. I don't know what you want, but you get very, very dialed in on what that is. Life and business. This is the key part. And then take that number. And do you have the business that can get, like, can take you there? Do you have the job that can take you there? Because the reality is, if your goal is bigger than, like, what you want in life is bigger than what you're currently making, and maybe your business, it's going to tap out, right? Like, you're only going to be able to go this far with this business, so you're going to need another business, or you're going to need a kind of a sidebar business to this business. Or you're in corporate, and maybe you need to become, like, you love your job, you don't want to leave, maybe you're a nurse, and thank you for your service, or or a doctor, right? And you don't want to leave that passion. Okay, maybe we need to add real estate investing or just invest it. Like, there's always something we can add to get to that goal. But write that down. Keep it on a piece of paper and never, ever, ever, ever waver from that goal. If it's Disney World with the kids, if it's a beach house in Palm Beach, I don't care what it is. It can be materialistic along with like financial goals. Write it down and then work backwards. Because sometimes you're in that position where you love your job or you are, you're a police officer or a firefighter or a nurse or a doctor, and there's only so much you can do or your business can only do so much revenue a year and we might need to add a business and whatever place we're in, there's a solution to every problem, but we can't figure out the solution unless we have the map of where you wanna go. That's it. Mm, that's <laughs> Amazing. That is like, you know, you're amazing. I feel like I ramble and I forget what because I Because people had to hear that. Never, yeah, never detour. Well, I'm taking notes too because I'm going to write it in the caption. But like, never detour mm -hmm. from your end target is, I think, it's just so powerful because we do. Like, during the journey of you're talking about a three year goal. There's a lot of things that can happen in three years. There's a lot of things that can happen in one year and people could easily get discouraged and change and set up backup goals because that belief got crushed somewhere yeah. along the road. Yeah. yeah, you just have to keep, keep so, on it and, and never detour from it. And if you hit it, then you need to reevaluate and say, okay, what's the next goal or am I happy here? Because it will happen. You will hit that success bar or you will have those things that you want in life might be earlier in life, might be later in life. There's no judgment. But whenever you hit it, you have to say, okay, now what? Because what you want is going to change. So you always need a target that you're hitting at. Mm -hmm. And I like to add one unrealistic target. And I say it's unrealistic, and then usually I somehow crazingly hit it. But set something like super unrealistic. You don't, don't have emotion to it. Don't like... Like if, if it's like, I want to become a bodybuilder, like, I don't know, everyone has a different realistic goal, right? Like, but I still want to see it. Can I attain it? Eh, I'm calculating the math. We don't really know yet. Can I do it? Eh, I don't know if I have the balls to do it. Like whatever the case may be, right? Have just one goal that's like, 
you're rolling of the dice, but just don't have an emotion to it. Because if you have an emotion to it and you never hit that, that will tear you up inside. So you make that sound so easy though. Like, how do you not? Because I've been told that so many times. Like, don't attach the emotion to whatever you're doing. Like, how does how do you separate that? You just said like you learn how to just swap it off. But I feel like like for me, it's not easy. Like I am loving people like I just love so deeply I'm like I want you know like it's I'm learning it it's a skill but um, I still haven't gotten it yet I'm like how do I like I can't just like which um I don't want to say it's gonna like it like because everybody obviously gets burned but it's it's happened from being burned that many times that it's just like zoom switch goes on um but as far as the actual goal I just didn't tell anyone about it because if you don't tell anyone about it you can be mm. happy and sad about it safely in your own home. Like you can do your own evaluations. Mm. The other goals, you're probably going to need to tell people and you're going to need to write down because you have like, your mentors or your coaches or your people in your life that you share these things with. But if it's that like one thing, like, I don't know, you want to be a singer. Like it could be something so unrealistic of what you're doing right now, but it's just something, you know, I've always kind of mm-hmm. wished that, or I've always kind of thought of that and then just keep it to yourself because the emotion is coming from the reaction of other people. Right? So, and you're probably mm. very like, you're probably uh, empath vibes too. If you're like constantly left to, which I am the same way. I want to hug people and love on people. But the second I like detach, yeah. those are their emotions and these are my emotions, I am able to like switch off that way. Mm-hmm. From switching off, yeah. it literally was just like, not a happy time it was because of the being burned so many times Mm, yeah it it does it does get to that point where you almost like want to become like numb to it but you can't at the same time because you have to have a strong sense of emotional intelligence but it is true like the people that do the best they've learned to not attach the emotion with anything and I remember you saying that I'm like what is her what is her like like that's a secret like uh it's kind of like actors too like actors when they're they're gonna go film or right like they they don't act the same in person as they do when they're filming so it's almost like like a theater trick i did theater as a kid maybe this is where we're in this but it's like maybe that's Ah. like the switch i knew it i was horrible i knew katie i knew it was somewhere i was like she learned some secret skills somewhere. It's like a, cause I actually had my friend Renee, who's yeah. a body language expert and he works side by side with Tony Robbins for two years. And he was saying the hardest people to read are mm-hmm. actors, um, narcissists. And he said one more, I forget, but like, those were the two ones I remember saying like to like actual read body language because our body language is like, uh, there was like 7% words, another percent of like tonality yeah. and then the rest was our body language. And body language like, is huge. Study body language. You can win negotiations from knowing mm-hmm. body language. Yeah, I have like, I can ask you a thousand questions, but I want to respect your time. But I do yes, know one yes. thing. I'm so nosy if that's okay. Um, what it, have you, what was a, um, unrealistic goal that you've set that you actually did achieve have you achieved any of your unrealistic goals that you set um, honestly speaking i would have never spoke on a really ever 
You oh, are so yeah, good, that, though. That was horrible three years ago. Like, unrealistic, don't want to do it. I can yeah. dominate a boardroom, but I am not getting in front of people. And yeah, I've spoken on tons of stages, thousands of people. So that honestly was our wow. Yeah, you were literally like right next to Damon John. I was like, whoa. That, but that, <clears throat> I never even remember like, like when the opportunity to speak kept coming up and I was like, why are we doing this? Like, I don't think I should be doing this. And you know, that's why you have coaches and mentors in your life because they're pushing you. They see something you don't see, right? First and foremost. I'm grateful for him for that. But yeah, me, the thought of me speaking, no. Vomit, don't want to do it. So yeah, that would definitely be a big one. I think I would rather sing on a stage than speak. Like speaking is hard. You have to, very hard. But I did it. Now I enjoy yeah, it. And it here we are. So, I wouldn't have met you if I could speak, right? So. Wow. Oh, I fangirled you totally. Yeah. Well, it's nice to see all the women that are. I know it's hard. You know, yeah. doing the damn thing. Yeah. Yeah, we gotta support each other, like for real though, because it's like there's not a lot out there, and so when you, I think you were the only one up there, and when I speak, I'm yeah. like the only one up women. there, and it's like, yeah. where are the women? Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being for on so Minding My Business. You are, are just a wealth of information and knowledge, and uh, it's an honor to have you on the show. And for those of you watching, thank you much, so much for sharing your time with us. I hope you found so much value. Go shed some love on Katie. Go follow her page. Go drop a comment. We're going to save this. And uh, let us know what's the greatest value you got yeah. out of today's episode. Leave some comments. Yeah, leave those comments. Share. Share with your family, your mother, your father, your brother, your social platform. Thank you guys so no much. Thank you so much, Katie. Uh, we'll see you yeah. in contact. And until uh, next guys. time, guys, mind your business. <laughs> Bye. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate you hanging out with us today. If you found value in this episode, subscribe and share with your business besties. Head over to tanyacoliver.com and claim your free thank you gift. Remember, you deserve to look, feel, and live life as your most elite self.